May only truth be spoken here and only truth be heard in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so this morning I'm going to tell a story. Oh, please be seated. Please be seated. I have a story to tell. Um, and I need to get a prop. Now, I will tell you that when the Holy Spirit suggested to me that I tell you this story, I was like, oh, no, because it doesn't make me look good. So I'm just going to give you a warning about that. Okay? I'm going to tell on myself. When... Uh, this is probably 11 or 12 years ago now. I was working for Episcopal Charities uh, down in New York um, at the cathedral. And um, it was probably a summer Friday. I can't remember for sure. But for, for whatever reason, there was a very relaxed atmosphere around the office. My boss wasn't there. It was just like me and one of our interns. And so we were sitting around, and I had my feet up on my desk. And we were relaxing, and um, someone came to the door. The door was open to the office. Um, and it was a, a black man probably in his late 60s, little bit of um, stubble on his face. And I, you know, I kind of, I, I looked at him, I said, Hey, how's it going? What can we do for you? Just like that. And he said, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm the president of the standing committee of the diocese. <laughs> I said, welcome to Episcopal Charities, sir. What can we do for you? Okay. Um, this is, this is, uh, you know, it, it really pains me to tell that story uh, because, you know, there's my own sort of unconscious racism, ageism maybe, there were so many factors in there that led me to keep my feet up. I wouldn't have done that if the bishop walked in or if my boss walked in, but I kind of clocked this gentleman and I said, there's nothing, no big deal here. I'm just going to relax and keep doing what I was doing, right? And the story that Jesus tells us today about this king um, who says, you know, I was sick, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was in prison. It's about whether or not we recognize Jesus in places where we aren't looking for him, right? And how we act and how we might act differently if we recognized every person who walked into the room we were in or came across our path, how we might act differently or not if we knew that this person was an incarnation of the love of God. We would probably sit up straight and say, Welcome. What can I do for you? The words that Jesus uses to talk about visiting and, and, and offering food, he's talking about service. Um, that the Greek word diakonos is used repeatedly in this parable. Diakonos, deacon, serving, 
to serve one another. And yet, as we've heard, like week after week recently, we heard that parable about the bridesmaids. Um, and what, is, what does Jesus say at the end? Keep awake. Keep awake. Keep looking out. Because it's so easy to sit down and put your feet up and not recognize when you're in the presence of God. Not notice that royalty has just walked into the room. You have to keep awake. We are in the final Sunday after Pentecost, and next week will be the first Sunday of Advent, so it's our new year, our Christian new beginning. Uh, the season of Advent, Advent means coming or come, um, is all about, one, that kind of preparation of our hearts and ourselves for the incarnation of God in Jesus at Christmas. And because in our outside of church lives, right, Advent is kind of a season of preparation. We're getting ready for Christmas. We, we tend to remember that part of what Advent is about. We're getting ready to welcome the Christ child. It's also, though, about getting ready to welcome Christ when he comes again in glory, which is something we say every Sunday in the creeds, something we sing about and talk about, especially on this Sunday that we celebrate as the Sunday of Christ the King. But all through Advent, we're preparing not just for something that happened 2,000 years ago, but for something that we are still expecting. And maybe something that in some mysterious way is actually already happening all the time. We are practicing all through the season of Advent, looking for Christ, waiting for Jesus to come into our lives. And the question is, when Jesus shows up in the doorway, am I going to be sitting there with my feet up cracking jokes? Or am I going to stand up with respect and delight because I am in the presence of the divine? The, the Feast of Christ the King, and don't get me wrong, I love sitting around with my feet up and cracking jokes, and there's nothing sinful about that at all. It, it's just that um, we are exhorted to keep awake. Our baptismal covenant says, we promise to respect the dignity of every human being, to seek and serve Christ in all persons. Those of you who just uh, were received into the Episcopal Church will remember saying these vows before the bishop, and we all joined you in saying those vows. Um, the Feast of Christ the King is a, is a kind of a new holiday. Um, a lot of our holidays go back, you know, millennia. But the Feast of Christ the King um, was established by Pope Pius, I, know, I forget the, the um, Roman numerals, but uh, after World War I, um, in a season when uh, he, he specifically wanted the Feast of Christ the King to sort of stand over against the nationalism that characterized uh, most of the world at that time in the wake of this terrible war. And he was right, because even though there 
was peace when he declared this feast. We know from history that it didn't last long. And in, you know, that the, that the things, that the way things were configured during World War I and World War II still persists. We're still seeing the effects and we're still enduring the war. Um, so in a way, it hasn't ended. What he wanted was for the Feast of Christ the King to unite all Christians so that whatever side of a border they were on, they would see themselves as answering to and responsible to not their own government, but to Christ. So the ultimate authority in our lives is not the nation to which we belong, but it's God, and specifically for Christians, God who came into the world in a human body to share our lives and to show us what love looks like. That's our authority. And that's what the Feast of Christ the King is about. And if we could recognize Christ in one another, then we might know more of what peace looks like. When we look at this parable, the king is dividing people, right? The ones who recognized me are over here, and the ones who, is that, this is my right hand, the ones who recognized me are here, the ones who didn't are here. But most of us are going to sometimes in our lives be on this side, and sometimes in our lives be on this side. This is why it's so painful for me to tell this story, because I recognize myself having been on that side where I didn't, I didn't see the face of Christ in that person. I kind of wrote them off as not that important, but they were important to God, um, regardless of their position in my organizational hierarchy. Um, they were important to God. It's painful to look on our lives and say, there are times when we knew Christ and times when we failed to see Christ, right? All of us are going to be on one side or the other. So the invitation of Christ the King is to recognize, first of all, that the people in that parable, they all say, well, if we only knew, gee, if we known, we would have done such and such, we would have helped you. If only we had known. So our invitation is to remember that we can't know, or maybe even that there is no distinction, but that instead we're called to treat every single person as though they were Jesus, as though they were the person we've given our lives to and promised to follow. So that we won't miss a chance. And instead of looking at who's on this side of whatever line I've drawn, as, as the colleague says, the barriers that divide us. To see that on both sides of the barrier, no matter what, this is a face of God 
that has come into our presence and that our invitation and our, our gift really is to have the chance to stand up and to say, I see you, welcome, and to offer what we have to offer at that time to the face of God in everyone we meet. Amen.